0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to Above Replacement Radio. I am your host, Christiana. I might be becoming a bad baseball fan who can't enjoy the romantic things because of advanced statistics. Fifteen years from now, I want to be on the early baseball committee. Over there on the other side of the screen is...
1: Daniel Kern. I literally have the fan graphs, buddy, the baseball reference t shirt, just repping some stats, you know what I'm saying? It's not necessarily Hall of Fame, it's not necessarily above average, but we can guarantee you we are better than just the standard replacement level college sophomore.
0: And welcome to Above Replacement Radio, where we're talking baseball kind of whenever. I'm your host, Christiana. Over there to my actual left, as you cannot see on YouTube, unfortunately, is Daniel Kern. How you doing, Daniel?
1: I'm doing great, Chris. Excited to be here and talk some baseball with you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited too. I'm excited too. See, that's not that's not too far off from like, what you know. You'd add a little flavor, but yeah, it's kind of the general idea.
1: So, context. I asked the AI bot on Snapchat to give me something to say on the above replacement radio podcast when Chris asked me how I'm doing, and that's what it gave me.
0: Yeah, it, so it's kind of it's 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 pretty it's pretty much there. Like AI is close, um, and yeah, soon enough. Soon enough, this podcast will be entirely st- done strictly AI. AI.
1: Yeah, we will not be researching our own. How about that? It's slightly alarming. Yeah, it will be strictly the AI doing it.
0: Yeah, it'll be arr AI. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we've been we've been having a little bit bit of fun with that stuff. Um. The past the past week or so. Yeah. Um. But uh. But in actuality. Um, there has been a lot of, there's been a good amount of news, uh, yeah. more news than usual, uh, in the past week of baseball, we're recording on a Saturday, couldn't do uh, Friday because I, uh, had some things that just popped up randomly. Um, so had to take care of that, working on a, a big thing for the student media and whatnot as both Daniel and I do. Yes. Um, But uh, the Oakland Athletics uh, are getting a billion-dollar grant, pretty much, to have about 50 acres of land in Las Vegas. So, basically, the idea is they're moving to Vegas and building a stadium.
1: Yes, the A's, after about 20 years of trying to to fix their situation and get out of the Coliseum, uh, have officially announced where they're officially going. They're not staying in Oakland. They are... Going to Las Vegas, they're going to become the Las Vegas A's. Uh, if you know anything about this franchise, you know that relocation doesn't mean rebranding. They will stay the A's. Yeah, true. They did in <laughs> Philadelphia, Kansas City, and Oakland. Um, I don't know. This just sucks. It really sucks because the A's did so many sketchy things to lead up to this point where they refused to ever invest in their team. They you know, sold off every single player worth a shred of value over the last like 20 years or so they you know drove away all the fans because they made it very clear that they did not want to commit to putting a winning product on the field uh and naturally when the fans decided not to go to the games they decided to try to convince the fans that they were the problems and that they were not passionate enough for their team so that they were going to pursue uh you know relocating and that's what they did Um, anyone who knows the Oakland A's knows that A's fans not only are like real, but they are rabid fans. Like Mm -hmm. those, those people are crazy when the, when the A's are good. Yeah. Yeah.
0: The, you know, I I remember, yeah, like when I was first starting getting into baseball as a league and not just following like the Red Sox, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that was like the early 2010s and, and you'd see videos from the Coliseum. Um, you know, a a big thing that's been going around is the uh, Grant Balfour introduction in, in 2012 to uh, clinch the division.
1: Yeah, that was awesome. And uh, that's all. O- that's like only an Oakland thing. Like, name another city that does that. That ever did something like that. Yeah. No. There's none, and I can tell you, Vegas won't do that.
0: Right. Right. Like, even if the attendance numbers during that time were not, you know, top five in the AL or or whatever, uh, the the passion was certainly there. And um you know, I know this year specifically, you know, they they trade their best player, they and they raise the ticket prices. So yeah. they kinda just put the you know, put put the fans behind the eight ball, like, you know, that's what they've been doing.
1: Yeah, I mean it's they've given the fans zero incentive to come watch this team. I mean, yeah. it's uh it's not a good team. I mean, the even like the guys that they could try building around, they traded like Cole Irvin, Sean Murphy. Right. Um. Yeah. Th- there's just nothing. There's nothing to be desired when you're watching this team at all.
0: Yeah. No. There's there's nothing at all, and that's what's shown. Uh, did they win last night? They did five to four. So they're now four and sixteen. Yeah. Um. But uh. But yeah, like you know the, and even when they were good in the late. 2010s and 2020 uh they still had an extremely low payroll they didn't necessarily have crazy star power like you know Matt Chapman and Matt Olsen are good but they're not you know they're not necessarily like guys that are selling tickets uh Marcus Simeon um you know he he didn't really he he had a good year with Oakland but didn't really break out until he went to the blue jays so he went to the blue jays and and now the rangers uh you know like they never went out then they never went out and got a guy that's like wow the a's got this guy so you know it naturally fans don't attract to that and uh what's funny is like preparing for this i've had to i've just looked at like attendance data for like teams and whatnot and i just looked at the padres who are you know they're they're. They were considered a small market, and then the owner decided to chip in, add some players. You know, last year they were uh, 4th out of 15 NL teams in attendance. uh, But in 2017, when they were a non-competitive team, they were 10th out of 15 in in attendance. So, you know, when you you put together a a roster, fans are
1: going to show up. There was a video from last night of Peter Seidler, the owner of the Padres, uh, he was in Arizona to watch uh, Tatis, you know, in his return from the from the suspension, and he was walking through like the concourse uh, to get to his seat, and a bunch of Padres fans spotted him, started chanting his name, and went to take pictures with him.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's like, not a normal reaction. No, for an owner. there
1: is there are maybe two owners in Major League Baseball that would get that kind of fanfare. It's him and Steve Cohen. Yeah, like Red Sox fans had to boo John Henry to bully him into signing Raphael Devers. Yeah. And, and John Henry and is, it was like the first time he had shown his face since like the Reagan administration. Yeah. right.
0: <laughs> but yeah. And, and John Henry is one of the like sort of better ones. Yeah. He's
1: a guy that has brought four championships to Boston in a, in a, you know, when he first got there, they were like, please just give us one.
0: Right. 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 <laughs> right. Yeah. And, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. If in in 2018 he was going through the concourse, it would be a little yeah. different. But you know, after losing bets, Bogarts, uh, it, it's a little different now. Mm. But uh, but yeah, like yeah, the A's owner, the A's owners, it, it's been sort of documented how out of touch he is with uh, not only his team but his stadium. Yeah. Um, you know, there was
1: a possum living in the. Uh, broadcast booth i don't know if you saw that that came out literally this week
0: yeah 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 the the mets broadcast team had to relocate because of this because there were possum droppings like in (laughs) the uh in the in the studio uh you know there's just hasn't been there's been the the seats falling apart even like a deck like in 2015 i think part of the wall collapsed yeah um but yeah and uh so now you know, not as no stadium in Oakland. They're going to they're going to Vegas.
1: Let me just put it to you this way: John Fisher, the owner of the Oakland A's, his net worth is two point two billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, the net worth of the Texas Rangers owner is two point six billion. So that's a four hundred million dollar difference between the two, which, in the grand scheme of things, is not the most. It's decent amount, but not the most. One of those teams in the last two years has gotten a new stadium, bought Marcus Simeon, bought Corey Seager, bought Jacob Degrom. And one of them is like, "Oh, well, we resigned Edwin Jackson, so now that means we can't get <laughs> another guy that's worth one year and two million dollars."
0: Yeah, 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 absolutely.
1: <laughs> like, absolutely. Don't don't let these people fool you, especially because the A's ha- have the most famous reputation for not spending money. Like, they made a whole movie about it, and it's like a beloved movie yeah. about like a, a triumphant moment in the franchise's history. Like, don't let that fool you into thinking they just don't have money. Right? Like they they do. They have the money. They just choose not to spend it because they want it to be profitable and they don't care about putting a winning product on the field that's just what it is right there's right. no way around it right I mean when you
0: think about what made this team good in even just 20, uh, 18 19 and 20 uh, you know the some of the main pieces were Matt Olson traded Matt Chapman traded Marcus Simeon let go in free agency without real any real competitive offer to yeah, I don't keep even him think, around? I don't
1: even think they gave him the qualifying offer. Uh,
0: probably not after his 2020 season, uh, and then and then uh, Liam Hendricks, uh, yeah. you know the the face of that bullpen. He uh, he gets let go in free agency, and there's probably a lot of people I'm forgetting. Um, so
1: yeah, I mean, that's just the most recent one. Like remember the 2015? I mean, you know they traded Josh Donaldson, who became an MVP, and then they yeah. got objectively nothing for him. They traded. Uh, the entire team.
0: Yeah, trade. You know, I I guess in a non-competitive uh time, they did trade Sunny Gray, which uh, you know you can yeah. justify that a little more because they were you know not, com- not. I know
1: that they got a good player for him, but they traded Joanna Cespedes for two months of John Lester.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: That was puzzling.
0: Um. So yeah, like they, in a normal situation uh when the team's good in 2018 2019 it's like oh we have this good core we should add to it yeah that was not the that's not the way of operating and it's uh,
1: it's like oh we have three years with this core and then we got to blow it all up
0: right yeah exactly and that's like we we were never surprised that the a's did this because that's their reputation but that you know that shouldn't be the expectation for an mlb team
1: i mean sean murphy was still like what it was the arp one Uh, They traded him
0: yeah, yeah. His rookie year was twenty twenty.
1: Yeah, so he was R one, and they traded uh, Sean Murphy. They could have given him like a a contract that you we see pretty commonly nowadays, where it's like a six year deal that buys out you know three years of free agency, where it's like ten to fifteen mil a year. Yeah, they couldn't even do that. No, and no. they and it's not like they didn't have the money. They they did. They just. We're like, oh well, we don't want to pay a guy fifteen million dollars. Right. Um and the only the other thing that really upset me was that they announced this at like eleven PM local time right after a homestand ended, right before they went on the road for a week. Yeah. Like, it was it was very clearly strategic. Mm-hmm. Uh they announced it at like eleven at night too, of course.
0: Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. yeah like absolutely. They, they did
1: everything they could to hide the story. Right. Which yeah. is just it sucks.
0: Yeah, it does. It does for sure. Um, and yeah, going back to the uh, attendance thing and and uh, you know drawing attendance and 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 all that. You know when when uh when the, when it was the late '80s, early '90s, and they were they had stars and they you know didn't have a a cheap team and players that and they had players that uh, people wanted to watch. I think in 89 or 90, they were second out of 14 AL teams or, yeah. or 12 AL teams in attendance. Uh, you know, that's, it's not like Oakland has always been this place where people don't want to watch baseball.
1: Yeah, no, it's always been a desirable place. And I mean, I just, I just don't understand. Like, if you're an Oakland native, if you're someone who's watched the A's your entire life, how do you even, how do you even watch this team now?
0: Yeah, like I, how
1: can you get excited to watch games? Like not not only because they're bad, but like just knowing like it's over soon. Right. Like yeah. how can you do that?
0: A, it's over soon. B, there's, there, they're not in a they're in a rebuilding phase. But what are they rebuilding? They're in to? a tanking phase. They're yeah.
1: not I wouldn't even call it rebuilding.
0: Right. Exactly. There's there's nothing to look forward to. It's not like oh they have like six guys in the top one hundred prospect list. Yeah. No. They don't.
1: <laughs> It's, like, there's no... I mean, so they're supposed to be moving to Vegas by 2027. That's when the stadium is supposed to be built. They could do, like, what the Los Angeles Chargers just did, though, where, like, they play in, like, a 30,000-seat a soccer stadium for, you know... Right. Like, there's a minor league ballpark in Vegas. What if they were like, you know what? We're just going to go there for the time being. It, you know, there, there's, we don't know exactly when the move is happening at this point. Yeah. But, I mean, like, it doesn't have to be in 2027. Point being there's no reason to believe this team will ever be competitive again in their time in Oakland.
0: Yeah, exactly. A- and that's perfectly exemplified by, you know, them trading Sean Murphy. He would have been mm-hmm. there through 2025. Uh, I believe, yeah. um, you know, he would have been a, he would have been a good piece to have, uh, along with, you know, s- people you could potentially build around him if they had, if they wanted to spend money at all. Yeah. But, uh, they're, they're not doing that. Um,
1: I really wonder if their spending model is going to change once they hit Vegas.
0: Right, yeah. Yeah, it
1: Like it, obviously they they will be in a bigger market. So like they might have more money to spend, but it's not going to be like the money hasn't been there the whole time. Right.
0: I would Im- I would imagine that you know, I I know when new stadiums are built, typically that comes with also just a change in the team uh in in the spending model we mm-hmm. saw that with the rangers you know new new stadium built in 2020 oh 2022 you're getting Simeon and Seeger. 2023 you're getting Degrom and Ivaldi and what, heaney and heaney yeah uh with the i remember with the marlins that was a thing mm-hmm. uh they they get this new stadium hey here's jose reyes mark burley you know it didn't work but they tried yeah um you know maybe not Maybe not every here's single... here's John
1: Carlos Stanton for thirteen more years. Right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Is, you know, maybe that's not the scenario with every single team that gets a new stadium, but uh, that's those are the two big ones I've I've, yeah. I've thought of.
1: Yeah. I mean that is pretty fair. I mean it's you know the Raiders. I mean obviously the comparing MLB attendance to NFL attendance is so tough. Yeah. Uh, but like the Raiders have like a lot of opposing fans in their stadium that are like, hey, weekend in Vegas, watch the team, let's do it. Obviously. True. You know, I think that the better comparison would be the Golden Knights, the hockey team. Yep. they And they draw good crowds, but they spend and they win. Right, yeah. Like, they've always been winning. They went to the Stanley Cup Final in their first year. Right, There's no reason to expect, and not that the A's are starting from nothing. There's no expansion draft. They don't have to worry about, you know, having to build a team from the ground up. Like, they're already going to have a set-in-place team. We don't know where they'll be in, you know, that time, but if they're not winning... Who's to say... I mean, it, it's reasonable to believe that people wouldn't go to games they're not winning because there's plenty of other things to do in Vegas Yeah. when you don't want to watch a bad baseball team. Right. Yeah, 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 You know, not every city can say that, but yes, Vegas, there is definitely things to do if you don't want to watch your bad baseball team.
0: Right. Exactly. Exactly. Like, um, and yeah, and we're seeing that with, like, the Marlins. Miami. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's like, why would I go to a Marlins game when I could do 500 other things in Miami that are fun?
0: Yeah, exactly. Every <laughs> single night. Right, right, same thing. You know, sort of a lower, lower payroll team. Yeah, I mean, like
1: you know, there are there are cities where it's like you go to St. Louis, you gotta check out the Cardinals. You know, there's the Gateway Arch, there's other things, but you gotta check out the Cardinals. You go to Boston, you gotta go to Fenway. You go to Chicago, you gotta go to Wrigley. Mm -hmm. You go to you go to Vegas, you're not you're not talking about (laughs) the sports. Yeah,
0: true, true, true. Um, I guess. Boston and Chicago specifically, they do have. When you have yeah, an old stadium, stadiums, you yeah. have a you have an advantage for sure.
1: I could even say like Milwaukee. It's like yeah. you, you got to go to a Brewers game.
0: Right, right, yeah. It's it's like a cool place or like yeah. Houston. Yeah. Um Houston. I feel like is a a place where it's like yeah, sh- you should go to an Astros game, especially yeah. like oh, they're a good team. You could see a lot of good players. Yeah, exactly. With the A's, it's like oh, you, you know, freaking uh, you know,
1: Estoril Wal- Waldechucks out there. Yeah.
0: He's Walter Chuck's out there today. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I don't know. Um, yeah. It it's you know it sucks for any any Oakland baseball fan. You know it it's a real affront to you for sure. Uh, and, it, and it really sucks for sure.
1: I, I don't know if you saw this, but before this news came out, A's fans were planning a reverse boycott where they all just were like they picked one night and just packed the stadium to show they yeah. were, like, the problem.
0: It was like June 13 against yeah. the Rays.
1: I don't know if they're going to do that now because, I mean, what's it going to do at this point? Yeah. What, I, what they should do is like take like 40,000 fans, pack them all inside the parking lot, tailgate the game and then leave. Yeah. Like, don't go in.
0: Right, right, right. Yeah, that would be that would be cool. That would be a cool thing.
1: It's like, hey, look at all of us. We're here. We love this team. Alright, see ya. We're not mm-hmm. gonna, you know, we're not gonna buy your tickets and give you money.
0: Right, yeah. Th- with these raised uh, ticket prices. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we will be talking about the Las Vegas A's in a few years, um, yeah. or soon. It, at this point, it's like just try to try to work it out with that minor league team. And, yeah. And uh play there for now cuz it's just How many seats yeah. are in
1: that stadium?
0: I It makes me curious like uh when did when did the Montreal Expos announce that they were uh that they were moving? That's a
1: good question. I hope uh I hope people don't talk in like 20 years talk about Oakland the same way we talk about Montreal. By the way, where it's like cuz we we've pretty much have a similar take where Anytime people mention, like, oh, we need to bring a team back to Montreal, it's like, actually, even when that team was good, they never drew crowds. Yeah. Like, look at their 94 and 95 attendance. They were still one of the worst in the league. Yeah. Oakland draws crowds.
0: Yeah, Oakland, and there's just, like, you know, there's plenty of just video evidence of uh, okay, that so being the, a fun place to watch. The,
1: the ballpark in, in Vegas, the minor league park, has a capacity of 10,000 fans.
0: Oh, so perfect!
1: Yeah, dude, that'd be yeah the aviators.
0: They could almost sell out.
1: <laughs> yeah, for real.
0: Um, yeah. Shout out to the uh, to the aviators. Um. Well, I know the the Nationals weren't in their current park when they moved there. So no, the they were in RFK. The announcement probably came soon
1: before it actually soon happened. Soon before it actually happened. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um. Well, anyway, uh, so that's that's Oakland and Las Vegas and whatnot. Yep. Um, there was a, there was a uh, you know, a foreign substance situation in the past few days. On uh, what was it? Wednesday? Yeah, I think because it was a day game, so it was probably a travel day. Mm-hmm. Um, Max Scherzer, one of the best pitchers of this generation, maybe the best pitcher of this generation. Uh, Three time Cy Young Award winner, uh, two time, hundred plus million dollar uh, contract receiver. Um, He was uh, thrown out of a game on Wednesday because of foreign substances on his glove, I believe, and other parts of him, uh, and uh, ended up taking a 10 game suspension. With, uh, you know, a little resistance, but ultimately uh, had to accept it because there was just, you know, it, it, he was just going to lose. Uh, what did you think about uh, about this scenario?
1: So he said after the game, he swore on his kid's life that there was nothing illegal on him. I believe him. Mm-hmm. I, I really don't have any. I mean, like, I've seen Max Serger pitch for my entire life uh, as a baseball fan. Uh, I know that he was facing a very good lineup in the Dodgers, but I don't see any reason to believe for that specific day. He was like, you know what? I'm going to use a foreign substance today.
0: Yeah, I think... So I think what it was was... Sweat and rosin, right? Yeah. So I think what happened was he was using, le- you know, a legal, a legal thing, which was, you know, you're sweat and rosin. Mm-hmm. Rosin is is given to pitchers yeah, and then you know sweat is obviously naturally produced from your body if you didn't know um but uh i think it was just uh, it was like on his glove or something and you're not supposed to have it on your glove there was some technicalities that were being broken and uh that's why he had to accept the suspension it's not like he had you know spider tack or you know some unnatural thing i think it was just misplaced was, yeah. his, was the issue
1: yep i agree um one interesting point that baseball doesn't exist brought up was that uh since june of 2021 when they you know put the foreign substance ban into effect there have been three players ejected uh, and each of them have been by the same umpire
0: yeah phil Cousy. yeah
1: which is that that definitely raises some alarms for me right like are you telling me that no no other. like is he the only one who knows what a foreign substance is right or is he or does he just have like these strictest standards
0: right yeah yeah yeah. um yeah it's it's interesting and yeah those are all scenarios where uh guy comes off the mound and there's the check right Mm -hmm. um yeah i'm now i'm willing to I'm definitely willing to believe that the ump- that the standard of the other umpires has definitely lowered since oh it absolutely June has. Of 2021. I, look
1: at the checks now versus in twenty twenty one yeah, like you know you know that uh that meme of like the the really old security guard like <laughs> with doing like the pat down where he just like very lightly touches the guy for a second, yeah, like yep. that's that's what every foreign substance check is now, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely um but uh but yeah, Phil Cuzzy, I guess takes it you know. To you know, has yeah. a standard? Is it too high? I don't know. I'm not the judge of that.
1: I mean, given what every other umpire has uh, had in their experiences, it seems like it probably is.
0: Probably, yeah, yeah. Um,
1: like no one else has ever found a foreign substance, but he's found three.
0: Right. Yeah. With you know, the one, the one of fifteen MLB games. That's that's where the yeah. foreign substances are. Yep. Um,
1: you know, they target him. Right. They're like this this I'm feeling it. I know that this guy has caught every single one, but this time we're going to get away with it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Um yeah, it's 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 definitely interesting that he's the only guy um but I, there's probably just like a a sort of unwritten thing of like, okay, maybe maybe you can stretch this a little bit and but Phil is having none of that. Like you know, there's probably been scenarios where there's some rosin and on the glove, and it's just not that much of a worry because you know it's it probably just doesn't affect the ball too much. Um, and no one no one's going out there with spider tack anymore. I would imagine. Yeah. No. Um. That's just not happening. Um. But yeah. Any more thoughts on the Scherzer thing? It's, it was kind of weird.
1: Um. Yeah. No. I mean, it was kind of weird. Yeah, it, I don't really know. I,
0: I tried to read up on it because I've been, I've been sort of busy with with things, and I read up on it. I read Ken Rosenthal had a s- slight column. I don't know if it was a column or if it was an article uh, about it on the Athletic. Um, and I don't, I don't remember exactly what he was saying, um, but the idea, the basic idea of it was, was a Scherzer kind of broke the rule on a technicality. Uh, he can't really appeal because he would lose because it is against the rules. But you know, it's not like he was ex- he was breaking the rules by an extreme measure that absolutely needed to be punished. Yeah, that's basically the crux of it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if the umpire kind of just threw him out without him actually breaking the rules.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. So, one subject I. Th- I think we forgot to mention it when going over topics for today, but uh I think we could talk a little bit about Jeffrey Springs. Yeah, that did happen this week. Uh he I mean, people we also were getting really excited about him. Um you know, left-handed left-handed starting pitcher for the Rays uh had a really good year last year with the 2.46 ERA was having a really good year. This year only allowing one run in I believe 16 innings. Uh, so far this year, and Ray's announced he needed Tommy John surgery. Um, So he will, you know, we won't be seeing him till probably late 2024. And uh, it's a real bummer, uh, but it's unfortunately a story that's been told about many Ray's pitchers.
1: Yeah, someone needs to like investigate this organization. Yeah. Like, how... Like, I, I need to... Someone needs to do a study. I could probably try and do this myself, but like, I need a graph of like how many teams have had a pitcher to have Tommy John surgery over the last like five years mm. and i'm cause I'm assuming the Rays not only are first but they're first by a wide margin, yeah like what what why 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 yeah. does that happen
0: if you're unaware like we could probably just list off we could just probably go back and forth and list off names and twenty
1: twenty one specifically it was like
0: it's it's an unfortunate yeah, inside if you look, at, joke. yeah look
1: at their look at their injury history from 2021 alone right like i have to scroll down on fan graphs so far
0: yeah like i i made a a a joke in one of our little group chats we have about the raise the raise system which is like um break out for about a year get everybody excited um get Tommy John surgery and then sort of disappear after that. Yeah. And that story's been told with many raised pitchers. Uh Nick Anderson is one. Oliver Drake, Colin uh or not Colin Pochet, Chaz Rowe, Yanni Chirinos,
1: Tyler Glasnow even?
0: Yeah, Tyler Glasnow. It yeah, and un- until he raises his profile more. Um, he's sort of in that in that uh in that thing right now. Um and uh and yeah, now now Jeffrey Springs is part of that. Uh, Shane Boz, yep, he got Tommy John surgery in the Rays organization. Yeah, it's a weird thing, um, and it seems to happen more with this specific organization. It's Brandon that, McKay, yeah, Brandon McKay, uh, Andrew Kittredge, Andrew Kittredge. Yeah, that's that's a big. That's like one of the best examples because he was like. One of the best closers in twenty twenty one out of nowhere, and then yep. uh, last year struggles a bit, and then gets Tommy John surgery.
1: Yeah, and now we have Jeffrey Springs going through the same thing.
0: Yeah, I don't know what it is, and it's not like Jeffrey Springs is a hard throwing guy. No, uh, and they
1: also just gave him an extension too.
0: Yeah, they just gave him a, an extension, so good for him, <laughs> uh, keeping yeah, you know, getting getting being able to uh, get some money, but but yeah. That it, it's it's tough. What did you think about this uh, development here?
1: Yeah, um, I mean it's it sucks obviously for the Rays. I mean I know that their <laughs> their pitching will probably be fine regardless. Yeah. Right now on Fangraphs they only have three people in their starting rotation, <laughs> one of which is Taj Bradley who has made uh, two career starts.
0: Yeah. Right, right, right.
1: Yeah, they have Shane McClanahan, Drew Rasmussen, Taj Bradley.
0: Yeah, and and s- luckily for the Rays starting pitching was something we were specifically optimistic about heading into the year. Part of it was, you know, because of, uh, because of Jeffrey Springs being in there, you know, sort of a newer Mm -hmm. guy, not necessarily,
1: you know, we didn't expect the start out of him that we got.
0: Yeah. Not necessarily a younger guy. I think he's, he is 30, but Mm -hmm. someone who was, was going to be good. Um, however, uh, However, yeah, now a bunch of guys are injured. Tyler Glass, now we knew he was going to be injured heading into the season. Uh, Zach Eflin is now injured, uh, which is not good. That's a guy who they signed for three years
1: for the highest contract in franchise history.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, now it's just McClanahan and Rasmussen from that from those like big five that we wanted to see, uh, and now that's now that's not there. But I I don't know if the timeline has been altered at all on Tyler Glass now.
1: You know how scared Taj Bradley probably is right now.
0: Um. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, imp- it's inevitable. Yeah. <laughs> it's inevitable. It's terrible.
1: Every like he's he's probably like three starts away.
0: Yeah. True. From no, he he'll have he'll he'll be good this year. Okay. He'll be good this year. Yeah. And twenty then... twenty four though. Yeah. That twenty
1: twenty four Taj Bradley. Tommy John tweet's gonna suck real bad.
0: It's gonna be, it's gonna be bad. It's gonna be real bad.
1: Curtis Mead too.
0: Uh, yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, how does that like genuinely? How does that affect your mindset as a as a big time raised pitcher coming up into the system, seeing everyone around you getting Tommy John after like a year?
0: Yeah, like that's gotta be scary, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, it it needs to be investigated for sure. Yeah for sure. Um yeah, like uh it it's really weird and like it was it was literally two episodes ago where we made that sort of uh joke,
1: "Rays pitches are here for a good time, not a long time." Yeah.
0: Yeah, and we and were it's so true. Yeah, I know like you said that after I was after I was like, "Yeah, it'll be like the Rays will have this random guy break out with like two first names, <laughs> uh, he'll have a he'll have a He'll be great and, until the Tom and John announcement in like May of 2024. Yeah, and that, like that, literally just ha- happened with Jeffrey Springs. Literally,
1: like we could have made that joke about Jeffrey Springs at this time last year.
0: Yes, yes, we could have. Um, yeah. So uh, I don't know. I, I guess if I guess it's a good joke when it's sort of true. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so that really sucks for Jeffrey Springs. Um, Hunter Green. Hunter Green. Yeah. He has already had Tommy John surgery, right? Yep. So he's sort of immune to it, I guess. Um, so, well, I mean, players do get it twice, but Evaldi got it twice. Yeah, he did. Um, um but yeah. um, he's not a Ray, which is great. Um, he's, he's on the Reds. He and he will be. And he will be
1: for a while, for. I mean, two more years than originally planned. I think it's one more year. Two more with a club option.
0: Um, was did it? Did it buy? Did
1: it bought out a year of free agency. It basically, it basically. Did it start this year?
0: Yes. Oh, so it started this year. I assumed it would have started next year.
1: No, it started this year.
0: So Hunter Green is going to be around for an extra year. That's yeah. pretty cool. But it simulates arbitration. He gets his due.
1: This is a uh, the first like actual sum of money that the Reds have committed to a guy in
0: twenty twenty four. Um. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah,
1: because Joe. So Joey Votto has a. million club option next year. Call me crazy, I don't think they're taking it. (laughs) Right. Um, They also have Will Myers on a 12-year mutual option. Mutual options are famously never taken, ever. Yeah. And they have Kurt Casale on a $4 million mutual option. Uh, Yeah. And that's it. That's the only money they have quote-unquote committed to players past 2023. Uh, Until Hunter Green, who got a six-year $53 million extension uh, going through 2028 with a 2029 club option for 21 million dollars. Uh, Green is at exactly one year of service time, so yeah. This uh, if he if that club option isn't taken, he will become a free agent prior to his age 29 season.
0: Um. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's very cool for him. Uh, Hunter Green. He's been sort of on people's radar for a while. Obviously, he was the number two overall draft pick in 2017 um and that was out of high school yep. which is a uh, that's a hard thing to do especially i feel like high school draft picks were not as prominent five years ago as they are now um yeah,
1: that was definitely seen as a lot more of a risk yeah back then, and now it's pretty common
0: had an interesting way through the minors got tommy john surgery in that journey to the mlb uh and then arrived last year you know not the best year last year But he he had the he had a good
1: strong finish for sure.
0: And he also had you know what you what you wanted out of him. He had the high velocity. He had a lot of strikeouts. He had a lot of swings and misses. He just gave up some hard contact, some home runs, but nothing that is alarming for a team that's still very much developing and also uh, for a guy that was in his age twenty two season. You know now he's twenty three. Uh this year so far in 17 innings he has a 4.24 ERA but 252 FIP 12.7 strikeouts yeah. per 9 and uh you know it's it's not surprising that the that the Reds want to invest in this.
1: Yeah, he also threw 105 miles an hour on opening day. Yeah, he averages um, 90,
0: 90 99.2 on his fastball this yeah. year. Yep, <laughs> in April.
1: Yeah, I mean I you know obviously this deal pretty much only sims arbitration and usually when we say that we kind of gloss over it but it is pretty important i mean we've seen especially with corbin burns like how much of an effect it can have to not have to go through that yeah mm-hmm. yeah. like yeah. i bet i bet the brewers wish that they had signed a deal like this for corbin burns in like 2018 true you know, seeing where they're where the side where the teams are the team and players at now
0: yeah yeah absolutely absolutely
1: Yeah, like arbitration can ruin people it right. can ruin relationships it can you know send people out the door
0: right yeah because it's it's a thing of it like almost, oh yeah i mean wh- it
1: almost did with the yankees and aaron judge
0: when it when it comes to free agency like am i really going to want to seriously negotiate with this team yeah um
1: because listen when you go through arbitration all you hear is your team telling you you don't deserve this money. You're not good. When you get to free agency, you have other teams telling you, Hey, we need you. We want to have you on our team. Like you are what we need. Mm -hmm. Like there's a huge difference in hearing you suck versus you're awesome. Please take our money.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is, it is definitely a, a thing. And, you know, having that extension, happened between the reds and green is a good sign for potentially, you know, way down the line. If they, if they ever want to extend him again, uh, there's already that, that built in agreement, um, you know, that happened six years prior. Um, so yeah, uh, Hunter green gets, gets an extension. Um, and yeah, hopefully, hopefully this is a sign of like the reds investing in something, trying to build something, um, because they are really, they're in the gutter right now, uh, and there's not necessarily a pathway out, but hopefully there will be some better sign, uh, you know, maybe four or five years into Hunter Green's contract. Yeah. Because um, him, you know, there is there is some optimism with him and Lodolo and maybe even Ashcraft uh, with that rotation.
1: Absolutely. Ashcraft just needs to get more swing and miss, and he'll be a very good pitcher.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we were, we were going to talk about the Brewers yesterday. They did lose yesterday.
1: The Pirates are half a game out. Yeah. Super fun. Yeah, the Pirates have been... The NL Central just does not look anything like the way we imagined, which is pretty standard. Yeah. NL Central is just very whack, but it's the Brewers at 14 and 6, uh... Tied for the best record in the National League with the Atlanta Braves, the Pirates at fourteen and seven, the Cubs at twelve and seven, the St. Louis Cardinals at eight and twelve, and the Reds at seven and thirteen. Pretty much the only team that's performing at expectation level in that division right now. Uh,
0: yeah, the Red, <laughs> Reds. Shout out to them uh, yeah. being consistent. Um, yeah, the yeah the Pirates are fourteen and seven. Brewers are fourteen and six. Uh, Brewers were interesting because yesterday I. For research purposes, I looked at what the Brewers were up to, and they had, at the time, I, I haven't done uh, the digging since then. But going into Friday's game. Friday's game against the Red Sox, they had a two nine six team ERA, which is great, but a four two two team FIP, uh, and their BABIP against for pitchers was two fifty four. Wow, which is wild for <laughs> that's not you know. St- 20 or 19 games into a season. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had uh, the luckiest difference between batting average and expected batting average. And, you know, some of that could be attributed to defense. They did have, they, they were fourth and outs above average uh, uh, going into yesterday. Um, so I guess they do have some good defense, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have a 254 team bab up against. Um, so, yeah, I found that interesting. So make of that what, what you will. Um, I, I I didn't point out any specific pitchers with that, but there's probably a good amount of pitchers who were benefiting from some better luck than, uh, than normal.
1: Yeah, no doubt about that. Um, the Brewers are 14-6. The Pirates are... Four, the the Shout-out to my sleeper team, for real. Uh, Shout-out to my 2022 Colorado Rocky to watch. Connor Joe, who's leading the team in B-War at 1.0. Yep. I. Uh, I don't know, they've had a lot of guys breaking out. Jack Sawinski seems to be pretty legit. Um, you know, he's kind of exclusively slugging, uh, but that's what he did last year as well. Uh, Jason DeLay very casually has a 138 OPS+. Plus. Uh, I don't expect that to, to stay as is. Mm-hmm. Rodolfo Castro has a 138 OPS+. Plus. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up at like 115 to 120 yes. at the end of the year. They still could be getting more out of Key Brian Hayes. He has a 610 OPS+. Uh, and they're doing all this without O'Neal Cruz. Yeah. Not all not all of it, but they're doing a lot of it without O'Neill Cruz. They've won. Uh, they're on actually a pretty decent win streak right now. They've won five in a row, with two of those being by uh, scores of fourteen to three exactly.
0: Yeah, Jack Swinski, By the way, I I know Foolish Baseball has been tweeting about him and i just like he's a baseball he's like he was built for baseball savant yep uh <laughs> yeah average exit velocity 95th percentile uh x woba 99 99th x slugging 100th barrel rate 100th and chase rate 100th mm-hmm. like imagine a barrel rate and a chase rate that's both those being those
1: a, are usually not intertwined with each other yeah for
0: example like someone who's always in the barrel like at the top of the barrel rate leaderboards is like Aaron Judge and mm. you know, he had the most barrels in stat cast history last year. Uh and, you know, if you go to his twenty twenty two, his his chase rate was good, but it wasn't hundredth percentile. It was eighty fourth percentile. Um
1: I'm willing but, to bet most of that went up in the uh in September when he was walking like twenty five percent of the time.
0: Yeah. Like it,
1: it probably could have been like sixtieth or seventieth percentile before then.
0: But like a better example might be
1: Mike Zanino in twenty twenty one. Yeah, right? Mike
0: Zanino twenty twenty one, a hundredth percentile barrel rate, forty eighth percentile chase rate. Yeah. Uh you know, he puts he hits the ball hard in the air a lot, but also, you know, maybe not the best plate discipline. Um, there's it's it's there's not usually a high correlation, but uh, uh
1: yeah, also Andrew McCutcheon has a one hundred forty eight OPS plus. Yeah. Very fun, very cool. I yeah. like that a lot.
0: Yeah, the pirates. Um, yeah, the pirates were interesting because yeah, we we uh, we <laughs> we witnessed them at the start of their little uh, yeah. little streak. Um, we yeah. were at Fenway. We we watched them beat the Red Sox in the first of three wins against the Red Sox to to sweep them. Um, and yes, yeah, they so, gave
1: up five runs in the first inning and then one in the next eight.
0: Yeah, they and since then, you know, they they defeated the White Sox in a series they lost two out of three to the to the Astros but I guess they they weren't gonna weren't gonna take care of business there they won or they split a series with the uh, Cardinals and they've uh, swept the swept the Rockies and uh, have won two of the first four games against the uh, Reds yeah. so you know they're beating the teams they're supposed to but they're also there's be- a reason to be excited they're also beating the teams ab- above them a little bit. There's yeah there's and and shout out to you for having them in third place before the season started, um, yes, sir. So yeah,
1: clearly it, I didn't give them enough credit because they're in second. Yeah, <laughs> by a game.
0: Yeah, but uh, you know even the Cubs aren't doing bad. Twelve and seven this year. No,
1: I mean <laughs> Drew Smiley. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Cubs have the uh, I think the best run differential actually in the National League.
0: Um. Yeah, they're. Pythagorean. They're. they're
1: pythag- is fourteen and five.
0: All right. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, that's pretty wild. <clears throat> um but yeah, NL Central continues to be crazy. That was one of the uh when I when we were doing predictions, that was one of the uh that was one of the divisions where I was like, Yeah, I mean, I'm saying Cardinals, but I've been wrong about this every single time before. So uh so yeah, who knows who's actually gonna win this division. And it seems to be the same way in the short time we've had to watch uh The 2023 season. Yes. By the
1: way, interleague play right now, the AL and NL are tied 37-37, which is very satisfying.
0: That's good. I like that a lot. It's very cool. In a year where interleague has expanded. Yep. Um, So that is that is fun. All right. Uh, Do we want to get into players to highlight? Yes, I do. All right. So uh, now we will get into... Uh, first of all, the players are subjects that have really been standing out for us in a positive way uh, for our Saturday, April 22, 2023 edition of... How about that? Um, who do you have for us today?
1: So My how about that comes from the Oakland Athletics. Wow. The Oakland A's. Uh, I'm talking about Brent Rooker, who mm. has been kind of raking for them in 48 plate appearances he is slashing 325, 417, 650 for a 1067 OPS and a 199 weighted runs created plus that weighted runs created plus ranks 7th among all hitters with at least 40 plate appearances this year Uh, he is also in the top 10 percentile in average exit velocity expected weighted on base average, expected batting average, expected slugging, and barrel percentage. So basically, he is just making the best kind of contact uh, on all fronts. Uh, And also, he's swinging and missing a lot less. He has never had a strikeout rate uh, below 23% or a walk rate above 8% uh, in any season before this year. His K rate and walk rate are both at 14.6%. He has a 1-to-1 walk-to-strikeout ratio. And among the 289 hitters with at least 25 batted balls this year, his ground ball rate of 29.4% ranks the 13th lowest, and his fly ball rate of 35.3% ranks the 29th highest. Again, that's out of 289. Uh, this we, we say this a lot when we, we highlight guys on bad teams, but I feel like this is more cliche than ever. Not a lot to be excited, a lot, excited about in Oakland right now. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, listen, I know you're losing your team, but Brent Rooker is doing very well. Yeah. So that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Uh, Brent Rooker. How about that? Um, yeah. Uh, he's, uh, he's definitely broken out so far in uh, 2023. Uh, my uh, my, uh, my, uh, my. how about that is um, someone I, I wanted to gloss over when we were just talking about this team. But uh, Con- Connor Joe, he's really been killing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Connor Joe, in 61 plate appearances, is hitting 377 with an 1138 OPS and a 209 OPS plus. Out of 193 hitters with 60 plus plate appearances this year, his average ranks third, on base percentage ranks third, slugging ranks fourth, OPS ranks second, and weighted runs created plus ranks second. All Those two are uh, behind uh, Matt Chapman, who's really broken out and was a uh, how about that of yours earlier this year. Um, from last year to this year, Connor Joe's average exit velocity has gone from 85.3 miles per hour to 91.8 miles per hour. His hard hit rate has gone from 33.8% to 56.1%. Barrel rate has gone from 4.5% to 14.6%. And sweet spot rate has gone from 35.1% to 43.9%. And pop-up rate has gone from 7.1% to two. percent He has, I think, 41, 42 batted balls, um, and he only has one pop-up, which is great. Love to see that. Uh, Also, with Connor Joe, his hard hit rate is in the 94th percentile in all of baseball, and uh, out of 289 hitters with 25-plus batted balls, his sweet spot rate ranks 19th, which is probably like top 7% uh, out of those 289 hitters. So, Connor Joe... Um really hitting the ball well so far this year, uh for the Pirates, part of that Pirates breakout that's happening right now. Um so yeah, Connor Joe. How about that? So now we move on from the uh, from the highs to the lows where we're talking players or subjects that have been underperforming for our Saturday, April twenty twenty April twenty two, twenty twenty three edition of slightly alarming. Uh, who do you have for us today?
1: So we were, of course, supposed to record this episode yesterday. And uh, my, my slightly alarming happened to go three for five with a homer yesterday. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I still put him, though. I'm talking about Trey Mancini. Uh, who is now slashing 246, 265, 354 for a 619 OPS and a 66 weighted runs created plus? Yeah, that's still not great. Like, yeah, it, it's, it's pro- still not great, but he did have a 39 weighted runs created plus yesterday. Yep, yep. <laughs> uh, his minus 0.4 F .4 F4 is tied for the fifth worst among qualifiers. Uh, he has a 1.4% walk rate and a 29% strikeout rate. Uh, This gives him the second-worst walk-to-strikeout ratio among qualifiers at 0.05, which is very bad. He's never had a fly ball rate below 19.1% in his career before this season, but in 2023, his fly ball rate is at 10.9%. That is the seventh lowest among the 285 qualifiers. Uh, Lastly, 73.9% of his batted balls have gone less than 200 feet. That usually means it's a ground ball or a pop-up. Uh, and as you can imagine, he's not doing very well on such balls. But that that rate is the seventh highest on that same list of 289 hitters with at least 25 batted balls. So Trey Mancini, he's not making the right kind of contact. He's not walking. He's striking out quite a bit. Uh, and he is my slightly alarming for that reason.
0: Uh, Trey Mancini. Slightly alarming. And yeah, the, the fly ball rate isn't good because Mancini has been historically... A guy that relies on power more and and hitting the ball over the fence. So yeah, if if uh, if uh, Tony Kemp was not hitting the ball in the air a lot, that would actually probably be a good thing. Yeah. But when it's Trey Mancini, you want that ball in the air. You want that. You want those barrels to be happening, and uh, they're they're just not so far this year. Um. So uh, my. Slightly alarming. Got rained out yesterday, so my uh, numbers nice. are all. I got lucky. All my numbers are the same, except for uh, the rankings. I double checked the rankings. Uh, my slightly alarming. Um, <laughs> it could you could just do this for over the course of uh, <laughs> from since the start of last year, but I'm going with just this year so far. It's sale Garcia. <laughs> uh, yeah. In 50 plate appearances, he is hitting 156 with a 453 OPS out of. 230 hitters with 50 plus plate appearances this year. His OPS is ninth worst, and his on-base percentage is sixth worst. He also has a 32 per, 32% strikeout rate and only a 4% walk rate, and has the 18th worst walk-to-strikeout ratio out of those 230 hitters. Uh, Garcia also has an 87.8 mile per hour average exit velocity, which is the worst it has been uh, since that's been tracked in 2015. Uh, along with that, he has a 55.2% ground ball rate, 13.8% pop up rate, 13.8% line drive rate, and 13.8% sweet spot rate. When your pop up rate and your line drive rate are the, the exact same, and your pop up rate and sweet spot rate are the exact same, not the best sign. That's, that's a yikes. That's unless they're both like 50%, which yeah. is the <laughs> which wildest, would be really funny. Which is the wildest <laughs> thing ever. Uh, it's. It's not great because, yeah. Uh, that'd
1: be, I want someone to do that one day. <laughs> his, Even just for like a five game sample.
0: Yes, yes. But yeah, his pop up rate is uh, almost double league average, and his uh, sweet spot rate is like 40% of what league average is. Um, so out of 289 hitters with 25 plus batted balls this year, he has the 34th highest ground ball rate, 22nd highest pop up rate, 18th lowest line drive rate, and the lowest sweet spot rate out of. 289 hitters, you know, lowest sweet spot rate along with a 32% strikeout rate and 4% walk rate. That means, you know, his he's not putting the ball in play a lot. And when he is putting the ball in play, it's not going in the right direction. He's either gro- he's either grounding the ball uh, or popping the ball up, which are the two worst forms of contact uh, to, to have. So, Sale Garcia is looking pretty bad. He's looked bad for, unfortunately, his entire time with the Marlins so far. Um, and that's uh, that has not changed so far this year. So, Sale Garcia. Um. Slightly alarming. All right. So, that does it for players to highlight. Now we will get into, um, you know, not necessarily a preview of the weekend ahead. But this will be more leaning toward uh, what you have for us yeah. with the day-by-day matchups. In terms of series to watch um, for the next couple of days... Uh, there, there are some good teams going after it. And luckily, uh, there's two
1: different world series rematches happening.
0: Uh, yeah, I should, uh, double check what that is. Oh yeah. Guardians, Marlins, (laughs) lots of things, (laughs) lots of (laughs) things have changed there. (laughs) Um. um, and
1: uh oh also we got a washington minnesota the winner gets the legacy of walter johnson they do yeah that's
0: (laughs) that's that's not been talked about enough yeah um but yeah braves astros that's a great series to watch because both teams are actually still relevant right now not necessarily the same with the guardians and uh marlins um although the guardians are the marlins
1: are over 500
0: the marlins are over
1: 500 despite avasel
0: garcia um (laughs) and uh D-backs Padres, that's, that's a good matchup Padres or er, D-backs
1: won last night. Yeah. Uh, and they have,
0: uh,
1: and they lost the previous night to the Padres and they
0: have, I believe the best record in the NL West. They do by two games. Yeah. So, um, you know, you know, a team to look out for. We knew, we knew they were going to be exciting. Um, so yeah, definitely a team to look out for against the Padres. Um, and yeah, Mar- Mariners Cardinals is also interesting. Not a matchup you get to see it too often. Um, but yeah, uh, Mariners-Cardinals, two projected playoff teams, um, so look out for them. That That is uh, being played at T-Mobile Park. What do you got for day-by-day matchups?
1: So on Saturday, which is today, this is an exciting one. It's not necessarily the best matchup numbers-wise, but Alec Manoa versus Garrett Cole is just a lot of fun. You know, Manoa has had a lot to say about the Yankees. Cole hasn't really had as much to say, but he's kind of just the target automatically. Um, you know, these, te- these teams... Kind of don't like each other. They haven't. They really haven't for a while, uh, but that'll be a fun matchup today. In uh, Nats Twins, you have Pablo Lopez going for Minnesota. I believe the first start after his extension for um, him. Yeah. Probably. Uh, in Dodgers Cubs, you have Dustin May versus Hayden Wesneski. Wesneski had his best start of the year last time out against the A's. Uh, in the first end of Marlins Guardian, Shane Bieber will be going. The Marlins have not announced their starter uh, for that one. David Peterson and Logan Webb will be going against each other in uh, Mets-Giants. The Giants, uh, Mark Simon pointed this out on Twitter today, they have really struggled uh, against lefties. Uh, I'm going to check the actual numbers.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. Because
1: they got shut out last night by Joey Lucchese.
0: Yeah, and they've just been overall struggling in general.
1: They have. uh, Against lefties, the Giants have a... Please hold... Yeah, they have a weighted runs created plus of 60. That's the second worst in Major League Baseball behind... Or in front of the Detroit Tigers. Yeah. <laughs> That's not not a deal. A 574 OPS, 267 OBP. So look out for David Peterson today. That'll be interesting. Yeah. Uh, you will have... Joey Wentz and Kyle Gibson going against each other in Tigers-Orioles in Baltimore. Shintaro Fujinami versus Andrew Heaney in A's Rangers. Garrett Whitlock versus Wade Miley in Red Sox Brewers. Framber Valdez versus Kyle Wright in Astros-Braves. Joe Musgrove versus Merrill Kelly in Padres-D-backs. Zach Greinke versus Tyler Anderson in the uh, don't-throw-it-above-91-miles-per-hour game. Yep. Uh, Miles Michaelis versus Luis Castillo in Cardinals. Manders In matchup of the night comes from White Sox. Rays. It's going to be Dylan Cease versus Shane McClanahan at four p.m. Yeah, that's the. Um,
0: those are two Cy Young vote getters from last year.
1: That is correct. So then on Sunday, where we'll finish this off, we will have uh, Jose Arrieta and Zach Wheeler going against each other in Rockies. Phillies in Philadelphia. Uh, E-Rod vs. Grayrod. Eduardo Rodriguez versus Grayson Rodriguez in the finale of Tigers-Orioles. That's fun. Hunter Green will be going for the Reds against the Pirates. It'll be Vince Velazquez for Pittsburgh. Kevin Gosmet versus Clark Schmidt in the finale of Blue Jays-Yankees. Uh, Lucas Giolito will be going for the White Sox against the Rays. The Rays have yet to announce their starter. Uh, Jesus Lizardo will be going for the Marlins against the Guardians. Uh, Brian Bayo and Corbin Burns will be facing off in Red Sox Brewers. Clayton Kershaw and Marcus Stroman will be facing each other in Dodgers Cubs. Uh, Reed Demers will be pitching for the Angels against the Royals. Hugh Darvish and Dre Jamison will be facing each other in Padres D-backs. Jack Flaherty and Chris Flexen will be facing each other in Cardinals Mariners. And on Sunday night baseball, it'll be Tyler McGill versus Ross Stripling in Mets Giants. And matchup of the day comes from Braves Astros. It's going to be Christian Javier versus Max Freed.
0: Yeah, yeah, those. uh, Yeah, Freed second and Cy Young last year, and Javier um, didn't get Cy Young votes. Got his uh, made his made his mark from September on last year, where I think he. Including postseason, like, from September on, I think he allowed, like, two runs and, like, 35 innings or something like that. Yeah, um, yeah pretty wild. Um, still still wondering if uh, Jacob deGrom is going to make this next start for personal reasons. Yeah. He came out with the uh, wrist soreness, but it's it was described as per- precautionary. I don't know. Wrist soreness just seems weird, almost fake. Um, all right. So, yeah, that does it for this edition of Above Replacement Radio. We hope you enjoyed this one. Uh, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and want to watch our di- digital content, go to the YouTube channel. It's called Above Replacement Radio. Uh, and if you're listening on YouTube and want to just listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to make it an easier audio audio experience, uh, go check out the Spotify and Apple Podcast streams. They are also called Above Replacement Radio. If you are... If you want to follow us on social media, follow me on Twitter at Chris to follow Daniel on both Twitter and Instagram at Daniel underscore Curren, and follow the show Instagram at above replacement radio for all the show needs. And uh, yeah, we hope you enjoyed this one and we hope to see you next time where we will be talking all the happenings in major league baseball. Once again, see you then. This conversation, this conversation is over is over.